Ladies and gentlemen, after much technical support, phone calls to India and all across the world, we finally got the Alliance Guys podcast up and running. With me tonight is the former NWA Junior Heavyweight Champion, Kevin Frazier, and my man, the hottest free agent in professional wrestling. You've seen him in New Japan Strong. You've seen him in All Elite Wrestling. He's been some of that day one championship wrestling from Hollywood stuff. And, well, he's he's Mr. Primetime Live himself. I'm talking about Danny Limelight. Danny, welcome to the show, man. What is going on? Mi gente, thank you for having me. Jay, Kevin, it's a pleasure to be back on the Alliance Guys podcast. Um, you said it yourself. You made me sound like a superstar with that introduction. But I got to say, it's been a hell of a ride. Quarantine's been rocking and rolling, and, and I have no signs of letting up on that gas at all. And, I mean, look, man. Man, I love it. We we talked, like, what, six – no, not even six months ago. That's way too long. We talked, like, three months ago. Right. And we were talking about, like, you know, what's next <clears throat> for Danny Limelight. You know, a lot of people were – you know, a lot of people were saying, nah, he's done. He's he's finished. But you – that was never the case. You were just uh, coming back strong, looking good. Feeling good, the bodega dominating the tag team division in championship wrestling for sure. Hollywood and primetime live. King Fat Boy, shout out to the King Fat Boy, Papo Esco. Papo yeah, Esco, you gotta give him a shout out for me, man. I love Pablo Esco, man. Papo, hey, Papo. Esco, number one fan now, apparently. <laughs> That's right. Tell him, man. Tell him, man. When I was uh, when I wrestled, I used to travel with as many big dudes as I could because you know you know how it is. They're little guys. Yeah. And so people would come up to me, and they were like, Kevin, I think you have a type. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I, 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 hey, you know, I get along with big dudes, man. What do you want me to say? And like I told Jay. <laughs> I know I know, hey, that I, always, I, can, I know, I can always come and make that tag to Papa. He's going to come in, and since he's starving, he's going to run through everybody, beat him down, and I can just come and look pretty for the finish, you know. Um, so so I, I, have to, I have to jump in here, okay, because, okay, when I saw that you and Pablo were going to be a team, I hadn't really seen Pablo. I'd seen a little bit of you, mm-hmm. and uh, I already was a fan just because, I, I mean, I, I like Cruiser, I junior heavyweight, however you want to call it, wrestling, right. uh, especially when done the right way, and I, already your first match with Kevin Martinson was was great. Thank you so and much. So when I, but when I saw, you know, one of the things, like, is a sign of a good promo is when you don't say good when you don't say tonight. If you don't say tonight, you're doing something right. I just rhyme there. Just so y'all know. <clears throat> if it rhymes um, no, but, but you it makes dollars, you know? It makes sense. Yeah. So but no, you guys had such a great promo right off the bat and I was like, Oh, and it's a big dude in in Danny Limelight. And uh, like I told Jay, with me like of course I love junior heavyweight wrestling, of course that's what I did, that's what got me into wrestling. But my other favorite kind of wrestling is when you have two big dudes they just walk around and yell at each other, and then just yeah. beat just each other, hammer down. and beat the crap out of each other. Because in reality, like that's what's gonna happen when you get in the ring with one of those guys. They're gonna beat the crap out of you. Right. So when I got to see that you two were gonna be a team, not only that, but the promo you guys cut, uh, I was like immediately fired up about it. 
Uh, I'm pretty pumped up about that. Uh, you know, I don't know what Jay's. Jay's the guy who runs the runs the show. I can't wait to talk about the bodega uh, and the possibilities of you and Pablo Esco as a team in the future. Thank you, man. I mean, it was uh, it was pretty crazy because, you know, last week I just happened to tweet at you, man, because we were talking about that tag team. We we're talking about you and and King Fat Boy. Can I say that? Because I always feel like. As a fat guy, I feel like I'm okay to say stuff like that, but at the same time, like, that's a big dude, and I don't really want to piss him off. You know what I mean? Nah, you don't want to piss Papa Esco off, but that's his name, the King Fat Boy. You know, as long as you're calling him the King Fat Boy before the Fat Boy, you good, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I love the the moniker, the the one-man lucha gang, because that, that just – that's good, man. That's good. Uh, but, yeah, we – we were just tweet. I tweeted during the show because we were talking about you guys and how good you looked against the the Real Money Brothers and and you know that's a tag team that's certainly uh you know they're well known in the area uh, for the West Coast I should say like uh, Oregon Las Vegas Arizona yeah. and they've been making their way on primetime live but to see you guys in the ring I mean I don't want to put anybody down but you guys looked great against them and uh, it, it's funny to me because your tag team with Pablo Esco you guys haven't been teaming all that long I mean just what like in, in September um, yeah I want to say September is when we started teaming as a team um, I had never met him before then uh, but I we, we, I'm sure we're gonna talk about this man a lot during this interview but Marquez he's he sees something he envisions something and usually I trust his vision always and usually it works out great um, and, and so we started rocking and rolling. I've always been a fan of, you know, the big guy, little guy since, since Michaels and Diesel, you know, uh, and I've always been a fan of just, you know, really bringing that Puerto Rican culture to TV. There's not many of us doing it, you know, and, and so being able to team with Papo, who's somebody that I had never met before but heard of and seen online and stuff like that, I thought we were going to have, you know, a good chemistry. I thought we were going to be able to do some cool things. I did not expect it to rock like this, like it's been, like, like, like it's been going. Um, but I'm glad it is. You know, he's somebody who deserves to be on TV, uh, and you know, he can talk, he can he can wrestle. Like, I'm a big fan of wrestlers. I know how to cut a promo, and, and he can do that as well. And we just vibe off each other, man. It's been great so far. Um, and, and we we only have one thing on on our mind. You know, I want championship gold. I've been I've been a part of United Wrestling Network for so long. Um, I think it's time that we start with United Wrestling Network Tag Team Championships. And me and Pop Westwood got that in our sights, man. And for everybody that's watching, we don't want to see it happen. Too bad because. <laughs> it hey, hey, let me let me come on record because again, kind of like we chatted a little bit off air uh, because of some of the uh, technical stuff, which was a good thing. Uh, but you know, I, I'll say stuff that Danny, you can't say, and you don't even have to react to these things uh, because <laughs> even that probably could have repercussions in the business but i don't care when something's not good i can say it and i, I i'll go home I, i'll go to bed and sleep well at night right the tag team division the tag team champions to me just from my perspective maybe they you know disrespect to them as people but they're just not that good and that's not that's just my opinion so as far as as far as who i want to see the belts on look i you guys got to earn it you're a new team. You got to work your way. I understand that, but you did. You did have a pretty big victory the last, uh, the last, the last time you teamed. So again, honestly, like, it, it's your division as far as I'm concerned to take because the current champions are a way notch below. And Jay knows I'm not a big fan at all. Uh, haven't had anything good to say about them uh, as a team, and that that doesn't mean that I think they're 
they don't belong in the business or anything like that. If they want to get offended, fine. You know what? Put on your big boy pants, take your thumb out of your mouth, and grow up. If you're not as good as Danny Limelight and Pablo Esco, that's just the way of the world, baby. But I believe in the near future, you guys should be wearing some gold, man, because all you need is the opportunity because it's there. I love this team. And I told Jay and I told DK, the minute I saw you guys cut a promo, I was like, this is my team right here. This is my team. They didn't even say tonight one time in the promo. I, I, I will say, you know, um, I do feel like it's our time in the tag team division. Um, Adrian Quest and Andy Brown are phenomenal wrestlers, in my opinion. I think that they're great. Um, I, I do. Sorry, I, do, I threw up a little bit. Sorry. <laughs> I do feel like you know Adrian Quest is one of my my best rivals. You know, somebody that I love wrestling and stuff like that. Um, maybe maybe the tag team championships. Maybe it's not rocking for some people right now, but I would say that when we get our shot, and all we need is one shot. We're taking those belts home with us, and we're gonna we're gonna bring back life into the tag team division. You know, me and Bob Wesco, we're gonna put the tag team on our backs, and I don't care who we wrestling. I want to wrestle the best tag team. You know what I'm saying? And they, 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 I want them to bring you know everybody who's done something. And then and then after we're rocking and rolling with those championships, I want to go after the NWA tag team championship. Let's Woo! do that. Let's let's go take on the, all the best tag teams out there. Me and Bob Wesco, and let the bodega run through everybody. Fire, man, and that's and that's really why I wanted Danny Limelight on here because I know he ain't afraid to open up his <laughs> mouth either, Kev. He ain't afraid to say what's on his well, mind, and he's gonna speak his I'll, truth. I'll, and I'll you, say this: you can't censor this man. <laughs> well, I'm gonna say this. You know, uh, I might be dating myself a little bit, but you know, growing up, I was a big fan of uh, Deion Sanders, and I always felt like if you were good enough to back up the trash talk, that's not arrogance. That's just the truth. And I right. felt that way about myself as a wrestler, and I see a lot of the same type of qualities in you, Danny. And I would just say, keep talking, man. It's the business of talking. So talk, right. your, talk is talk your game because you can back it up, bro. Listen, I I, I respect that 100. percent I I'm, I stay authentic to who I am. Jay's known me for years since I started. I used to talk a lot of shit back then, a little <laughs> a little weird back then. But what I will say was that my 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 in ring abilities didn't match my mouth at the time. Now I feel like I've came into my own. I'm rocking and rolling, and arrogance gets mistaken a lot when when somebody's very confident and when somebody's good. You know, people just look for it to be considered arrogance because they don't want to like that person. Or they don't want to see that person doing good. Everybody wants to see you do good, never better than dumb. But the way I look at things, and this is a conversation I have with TJP and a few other people, like everybody can eat off anybody's plate. You know what I'm saying? I don't need to take nothing from you to eat. You don't need to take nothing from me to eat. If I'm rocking, I'm riding the wave, and I'm putting on for SoCal wrestlers, and I'm putting on for Championship Wrestling and for all these other companies that, that are investing in Danny Limelight, let me run my mouth, let me do my thing, and let me shine. Because you know what? You may not want to see it, but it's what's best for business right now. J.K.L. said it. Everybody say, I'm the hottest free agent. I don't care what nobody says. Somebody needs to sign me, and it better be right. <laughs> you got me fired up, oh, right? man, I mean, how, how many promos is he going to cut in one thing? Like, is my drop? Is We'll just... Count the mic drops. Mic drop two right there. Hey, hey, Kev, I remember talking to you about 10 years ago, and you went off, and you called it pent-up promo aggression. And I feel that's what we're getting right now from Danny Limack, some pent-up promo aggression. Tell us what else you want to talk about, Danny. Let's take it, man. man. Look, you've been all over the place in, in the last few months. It's like it's 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 just crazy how much you've blown up because, I mean, we were talking a few months ago. We were talking about you 
hey, this new this new show with New Japan of America, it's available on New Japan World. That's that's where Danny Limelight's going to be. Uh, you're still championship wrestling from Hollywood. They didn't even announce the pay-per-view yet when you came on here. So we yeah. we didn't know anything about Primetime Live officially. Right. But now, I mean, Game Changer Wrestling's come knocking. Hurricane Pro Wrestling. Is Hurricane Pro? Uh, yeah, Hurricane out Pro in Texas. I mean, you're you're really kind of getting these phone calls. And then, of course, I mean, a couple trips to Jacksonville, Florida never hurt anybody. So it's like, uh, what is going – I mean – what is going through your mind right now? I, you just said it like sign this free agent, sign this free agent. But I mean, let's take this from one year ago today to to, right. to now. I mean, it's been quite a road for you, hasn't it? Let's go back. Let's go back one year ago today. Um, let's see. One year ago today, I was finally. You know, I just had had my New Japan tryout. A few months before that, I was wrestling on Impact for the X Division Championship. My fiance had left me. I was homeless for a week, living in a car, trying to figure out what I was going to do. I had my, I finally found an apartment, had my New Japan tryout. Then I split my head in November of 2019. Then I separate my shoulder in December of 2019. I'm supposed to not wrestle for months. I come back one month later because I'm radioactive. And, <laughs> and, and, and it just start rocking and rolling, man. Like, I, when we talked last, I think New Japan had just started. Um... And we didn't know about Primetime Live. We didn't know about AEW. None of that stuff, man. The Lions Break Crown Tournament hadn't happened yet. And just I looked at it as, as an opportunity to show the world that I belong. This was the worst year in history to some people, and I took it and made it my year. And and that's all I wanted to do was to not use it as an excuse as to why I wasn't succeeding. I see some of my best friends get signed. You know, Sammy Guevara got signed right after we wrestled. Jungle Boy Luchasaurus got signed. Chris Bay got signed. All these dudes that I, that, I, that I wrestled with and I had love for got signed, and I didn't. And instead of being a hater and looking at it like, damn, why am I not signed? What the, you know, how come this guy? I was like, nah, what do I got to do to get signed? How much work do I got to put in? What kind of grind do I got to make? How hard do I got to persistently work consistently to make sure that I get to where I want to be? And then now that everything's happening, every time I hear my music hit and every time I get into the ring, I need, I need to remind myself. This might be the last chance you're wrestling. This might today might be the day somebody's watching you wrestle. Today might be the day that some of the some of the guys in the that were the brass and the big companies might be looking at you. And you gotta make sure that you consistently perform at the level that you've been performing at every time so that you can get to where you wanna be. And until I get there, I'm not stopping. I'm not satisfied. I'm hungry. When I say I'm hungry, if Papa says he's starving, we mean that shit. I'm hungry. I wanna be a household name. I wanna live an abundant life and I wanna prove everybody wrong, including Jeff fucking Dino. This is first- <laughs> name in a long, long time. Everybody wrote that they messed up when they passed on Danny Lama. And if they don't like it, too bad. You can't stop me. I love it, man. I love that was it. That's number three. That's I love it. Three. Slash. Yeah. Kobe. Yeah. Um, so, um, so I, li- I like a lot of the stuff that you're saying. And I think, you know, one of the things I will, that I, that I like about watching you initially that I will encourage you as I've watched you continue, that I'd encourage you to keep going in these directions are promos, like your promo, like you can talk and continue to talk and talk and talk. Don't stop doing that because the more you do it, the better at it you're going to get. Uh, I think intentional effort, meaning like mindful, um, the more you can learn to think as you're doing these things, um, the more the more the things that you say will even tell a better story. The more right. that that natural charisma that you have will start to formulate something that makes you very unique compared to everybody else. 
Um, so I, I would continue, I would encourage you to keep thinking, keep mm-hmm. pushing yourself a little bit further uh, as far as your promos go. You know what you're doing with Pablo Esco, being open to doing things like this that 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 stretch you as a character, show that you have a dynamic. Because again, you know I've seen things from you that I could watch you do on an AEW. I've seen you do things that I could watch you do on a WWE or an NXT. But I've also watched you have matches that would translate to a New Japan uh, wrestling. And these are not the same kind of wrestling right. brands at all. And so I would keep keep doing that because it, it, it makes it where the right opportunity is going to come along, the right spot's going to present, you know, it's going to happen. Um, and you're going to be ready to be able to be what you need to be in that moment for those right people. Um, and I, I would just encourage you to keep doing that. The one thing I don't think you would ever have too much of in wrestling, um, no matter how big you are, no matter how big you're not, is having character, personality, remember it's a story, being able to tell a story, being able to captivate people with who you are and the story right. you're telling, no matter what, whether if it's a New Japan match telling that story, whether it's the bodega and telling that story, or whether it's you going out there and having a five-star, you know, more American-style match, as long as you know how to, like, grab people and, and then not only grab them, because you could do that. You've already grabbed a lot of us. But not only that, but but keep us as, we, as you start to peel back the layers. We start to get to know more about who you are. And you think about, like, a superhero like Spider-Man, and it's like, you know, that adversity that you faced in your life is very similar to, like, what he did. You know, right. his right. life was never perfect. And the more open that, the more you can show that to people, and people can walk that walk with you, man. That that's what's gonna. Who care? We talked about your size off the air. Who cares about that? The yeah. best storytellers are the ones that last the longest. And so far, I see a lot of that in you already. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And that's something that I try to do every time I'm in the ring is is know where I'm at and try to to to, to wrestle that kind of style and just being able to be like that hybrid type of wrestler that can wrestle. With anybody, big or small, any kind of dynamic, you know, I, I never wanted to like, oh, I only know how to do this, or I can only do this, you know. I want to be able to be versatile, like a Swiss Army knife, and at any moment, I, I can be an asset to any company, you know, is, is how I look at it. What, what can I bring to somebody's company? I know that I can do this, this, and this with this person, that person, and whoever else. And so thank you so much for, for the compliment, Kevin. I had to get my own promo in there at one point, you know, just yeah. – so Jay, Jay, what, where are we going, Jay? Drive the ship. The, are you kidding me? Two guys like you, and you expect me to drive the ship? Come on. <laughs> we just talking, fellas. We ain't doing Jay's nothing. Jay's just, just here for the technical difficulties right now. We 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 are just talking. No, um, you know, you mentioned where you started just a few minutes ago, but obviously, I mean, that was only part of your training. How did you get to where you're at now? I mean, obviously, you didn't just leave with what you learned where you started, you've been growing. Where do you continue to grow? How are you getting better each week we see you in the ring? Um, Man, you know, I, I said this before, you know, Mariachi Loco, Lil Cholo, two guys that I, I give a lot of credit to for what they did for me when I came back to wrestling, you know, just getting me in the ring, learning more about the Lucha Libre, being innovative. That's where I learned how to do my finisher move, was working with them, you know, like just certain things that they were teaching me and, 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 and the storytelling that they were trying to show me and, and, and just – I learned so much from them. And then, you know, lately I've been training a lot with Don Morrison. I've been training with Jungle Boy. I've been training with Luchasaurus, you know, really working on some new new things, strikes, combos, things like that. And those are all three guys who wrestle 
very dope, similar styles to me, and, you know, still sharp and steel. So I can't go wrong working with those kind of guys. But then when you look at the matches that I've been having and the people that I've been wrestling, I learn the most when I'm in the middle of a match. I feel like I learn when I'm doing it. You know, I'm, I'm definitely a doer, not like a – I don't learn very well when I'm reading like a PowerPoint slide. <laughs> things like that, I hate that shit. But if I'm doing it, that's how I learn. So when you're looking at matches, wrestling people like Rocky Romero, wrestling people like TJ Perkins, you know, wrestling people – like like the guys you see on AEW, like the guys you see on New Japan, the, the those locker rooms are full of talent, and, and even primetime live, the United Wrestling Network. Look at the guys that they've been bringing: Mike Bennett, Fred Rosser, you know, Ray Rosas, Kevin Martinson, um, just just so much people. They just got Leo Rush there this week. So much talent coming in and out of you know Marquez. Marquez I like to call him Marquez's projects, like his projects, the things that he does, like the people that he has there. There's just so much talent. And when you're wrestling people that are talented and, and want to be great, it's going to make you better. You're either going to fold under pressure and drown, or you're going to rise above that stuff. So Dave Scooby says that you made Luchasaurus look good on AEW Dark. Luchasaurus <laughs> murdered me. He murdered me. <laughs> that video has like almost 80,000 views on Twitter right now. Yeah, man. Wow. You said, did you see it, Kevin? The choke slam into the knee? No, but I'll have to go watch. Now I'll be 80,000 80, and one. Yeah, he <laughs> earlier he, he tried to choke slam me in the match, and I countered with a backflip, tried to light him up. Yeah. It, went for my DDT, and he caught me for the choke slam. And when I tried to get out of him again with the backflip, he hit me with the knee, put me to sleep. Oh, nice. That sounds, that sounds brutal. It, it, it's insane. Yeah, he, I'm, I'm, I'm so, doing this podcast right now from heaven. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question. Yes. I have a question. So you brought up Leo Rush. Yes. Okay, you now remember. Now remember, yes, I'm a retired I'm a retired professional wrestler. Alright? So I've been on the I've been in I've been in the locker room. I've been in the ring. I know what it's like to see things as a wrestler, but I'm retired now, man. I'm a fan. Okay. I, I've gone back to the time in my life. I've passed the bitter wrestler stage of hating what I didn't get to do or whatever of that. Okay. I'm a fan now. Leo Rush has shown his face in primetime live. In my opinion, as a fan, nobody will make a better opponent than Danny Limelight. That, I think, is the match I know Jay Cow and I both want to see. And I know if we want to see it, everybody else wants to see it. And I'm taking my time just letting you bubble and boil on the inside right now, <laughs> knowing you are ready to jump on this this conversation, this subject, and I'm just getting the last bit of words in that I know I can get before I let you go on this because I I want to see it. J-Cow wants to see it. Now you tell me how bad do you want that match, and, and how bad do you want – no, 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 stop, stop, stop. I want to see like a series. I don't want to see just one-off thing here. I want to see. I want to see this thing escalate into some things that only an arena-type match like Primetime Live can uh, uh, can offer. Tell me, how bad do you want that? What are your thoughts on Leo Rush showing his face on your territory, uh, Primetime Live? Well, first, all I want to say is this: Leo Rush is a superstar, right? He, he, he's somebody who's very talented. He, he knows how to talk. He moves in the ring very well. 
He comes to Primetime Live. He returns to SoCal, right? It's big SoCal return on pay-per-view. And instead of getting in the ring with Danny Limelight, he wants to have a good first showing and look like the superstar that Leo Rush is in his own little head. Now, I respect that. I respect wanting to come in and make a name for yourself and show off and, and, and talk about you You want the money, you want this, you're here for that. I get it. Fidel Bravo is an amazing talent. You know, uh, he went in there and, and he, he came up short. And I'm not trying to make fun of his height. I mean, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is this. I am Danny Limelight. They might as well change the damn name of the show to, 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 to Limelight Live. You know what I'm saying? Woo. Danny Limelight Because I am there every week. I'm on United Wrestling Network for five years strong. I'm the face of the company. If you think of United Wrestling Network right now, you think of Danny Limelight. And I don't even have a championship with the company. I don't need it. If you want to do pay-per-view numbers, you book Danny Limelight and Leo Rush in the main event. Let's talk numbers. Numbers don't lie. Danny Limelight versus Leo Rush in the main event. You want to do a series? We could do a series. But I just want to get in the ring one time and slap the shit out of him for calling me a bitch on Twitter. <laughs> Leo Rush is somebody who's used to talking and, 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 and making people afraid of him But by the way he bumps his guns. I'll walk in the ring and punch him in his fucking snap box. And then, see, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Leo Rush, I'm not denying the talent. And everybody watching knows that Leo Rush is a phenomenal athlete. There's no doubt about it. But that's why they want Danny Lama in the ring. They want somebody that's going to compete at that level. Yeah, he's been to WWE. I ain't been there yet. But I've been to a few places he hasn't been yet either. And what I will say is when this match happens, it has to happen on primetime live. It has to happen on pay-per-view. And everybody needs to tune in and buy because they will not the, – the, the, the match itself is worth the four-week bundle. You get the match one time for $21.99, it's worth the $21. Danny Lombard with Neil Rush is main event on any show right now. And it's going to happen because Mr. Marquez is a very smart man. And he knows what he's doing. So when it happens, Neil Rush, if you happen to listen to this, if you take time out of your big gold watch and your gold chains and you set all that stuff down, you get a moment listen to this, I hope you're listening, Bobby. I'm not Fidel Bravo. I'm Danny Limelight, the face of Primetime Live, the face of the place you just walked into. And when I get in the ring with you, son, I'm putting you down. And that's all my mama be. Woo! Wow. We just got to let that simmer. We got to let that simmer. You know, you know, I, we, we've talked about this on the show. Uh, and, again, I, I certainly don't, you know, I don't, I'm not shy about talking about my wrestling career, but this show's not about my wrestling career. But I will say this. There was a, po- a point in time where I know the tone that you have in your voice, where I know what you're, what you're feeling. Um, and I called a guy out who was a world champion for the National Wrestling Alliance. I was in my gym by myself. I was just mad because I knew I was better than everybody else in the world, and I didn't have the validation around my waist type and that, for me at that moment, that's what it thats what it looked like. I had pinned Daniel Bryan, one, two, three, in the middle of the ring on pay-per-view, and yet here I am watching some dude that is half as good as me carry a belt around that I felt like I owned, that, that should have been mine. I called him out. I think I scared him to the point where he actually left the country and went to Japan. <laughs> My advice. Legit. This is legit. Legit. And he can't say he didn't to this day because he never came back. I told him that he did. He still never came back to fight me. And even today, retired 
30 pounds overweight, I'll still slap him in the face and take his lunch money. So I'm telling you that you might want to cool it a little bit because Leo Rush might be hear these words, get a little scared, and tuck, 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 tell, and run because I don't think Leo Rush can handle the fire you're trying to bring right now. The Leo Rush I saw this week is a complacent guy in the ring out there coasting, and I feel like you're the Mike Ty you're the, you're the the clever lane to his Rocky Balboa Rocky Three. I tell you what, man. You're the you're the Buster Douglas to his Mike Tyson. I just I am on a mission right now. I'm laser focused. I'm fired up. And I have no no intention of stopping. I don't care about the names. I don't care about where they've been. I respect everything that everybody's done in this business, whether they had one match or one thousand matches. But I am not stopping until where I'm where I want to be. And in order for me to get there, I need to beat the best of the best, and I need to prove to everybody watching that I deserve to be where I say I want to be. Because you're right, it's about the validation. I can be so good, and, and nobody would care if I'm not wearing a championship. I could be so good, and nobody won't care if I'm not signed. If I don't have a, a hashtag, Danny Lama is all elite next to my name. Or, or, or the new prospect at the WWE Performance Center is Danny Lama. Nobody's going to care. Some people won't care if that's not by my name. That's why I am the way I am right now. That's why I'm hungry. That's why I'm – you turn your TV on, at some point during the week that plays wrestling, there's a 60% chance you're going to see my face. That's not, that's not a lie. That's facts. Four or five times out of the week I'm on TV with four different companies. I have so much fueled up right now, so many doubters, so many naysayers, people that don't want to see it happen. And to me, that shit makes me feel good. Because that tells me that I'm almost there. Like, I see the door. And I'm, like, I'm slowly, slowly getting there. And when I get there, I'm not going to knock. I'm going to kick that some bitch down. And Leo Rush just happens to be the first person on my list. As far as I see it, I, I don't see anything personal uh, from you towards Leo. I mean, maybe he he says some things on Twitter. <laughs> Athletes talk trash. Yeah. This is not about – this is not about – this to me doesn't seem like it's about Leo Rush. This seems like it's about Danny Limelight realizing, like, this is my time right now. And Leo Rush just happens to be the wrong guy, in the wrong place at the wrong time, wrestling the wrong guy. And, again, this is something I I, um, I I really can't wait to see. I can't imagine knowing, again, we we talked off air. We both are big Dave Marquez fans. I can't imagine Dave Marquez doesn't have money in his eyes uh, when he sees that opportunity, sees that match. And, uh, you know, you're a hometown, you're a hometown guy. And, you know, I think that when you're the, when you're the hometown guy and you got a guy like Leo Rush coming in, uh, you got some turf that you got to defend, and again, I just think you got a lot more skin on the line. Uh, I think you got a lot more uh, desire at this stage of where you're at in your career, and so I'm I'm really excited to see it. I like to see stuff that has a little more passion and heart to it, where it, you know, I know it means something because yeah. you know, um, again, there there's wrestling is what it is, but there there's some when it's real, you feel it. And there's a difference between, uh, you know, brother, I'm going to go out there 
and I'm gonna kick your yeah. tonight, tonight, tonight. I'm gonna tonight. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. I mean, there's there's a difference between that, and then when there's a conviction behind someone who is ready to break out. And so I think we could probably say this over and over and over again. Um, but I want to actually move on and ask you a few questions that I had of myself to ask you, just just for just to cool you off, maybe a little bit, or move okay, you in a different cool. direction. Because I know you just ate. I know you just ate, and I know you're probably already hungry again because you're so hungry. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so my question would be. Uh, you know, off air, I talked a little bit with you about, you know, one of my big inspirations to getting into wrestling uh, was Rey Mysterio, um, you know, a guy that I watched and said, I, I can do this, you know, this this, this shows me, I, I know I have the talent, but this yeah. gives me, this shows me there's a possibility, like uh, like in Dumb and Dumber, so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> um, so, so, <laughs> so, so my question is, you know, let's talk a little bit about your inspiration, like, what, what you know? I, I watch your matches. I could probably pull. I could probably guess a ton of different things because I probably tell you watch a lot of wrestling. You're a student of the game. But who are your inspirations? Uh, who 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 put you where you are today? That that made you want to be where you're at? And what? Why wrestling? The Rock. Anytime somebody asked me, it was always Dwayne the Rock Johnson. The electricity, you know, the eye, the eyebrow, the way he talked. To me, what got me invested into wrestling was selling me into the building, like getting me to want to see you watch the match, getting me to want to watch the match. And whenever yeah. The Rock would talk his shit and have the cool catchphrases and all the, the punchlines, it, it, that's what made me want to watch whoever he was wrestling. And then when I hear, if you smell, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, shit, get, the goosebumps came, like, let's go. It's, it's, you, know, <laughs> rock, you know, The Rock's coming. It was always The Rock. Um, after he kind of transitioned out, um, I, I loved watching Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. I loved watching Eddie Guerrero. I loved watching Latino Heat. Um, I, he's somebody to this day that I, I turn on WWE Network and I go watch Eddie Guerrero matches from, from back in the day. Um, it's just something about he's another person who was good on the microphone. He, his energy, the way he connected with the fans, the way he, he was so good at being a bad guy. He was so good at being a good guy. And just, you know, he, he was one of the first major Latinos to really – do it, you know. In my opinion, he was one of the first Latinos that actually made people see Latins in wrestling as superstars, you know. And and I I just loved watching him. And then as I you know right before I kind of stopped watching wrestling because it wasn't cool anymore, I loved watching Randy Orton and John Morrison. I loved watching with Johnny Nitro at the time because all the parkour shit he did, and that's pretty cool. That now I get to work with him and train with him, and, you know, like the movie that I did with him and stuff like that. Had that that peer relationship with him, but. It, he was somebody who I thought was innovative back then, you know, and just Randy Orton, the way he did the little things. That's what it was for me. When I started wrestling, um, I didn't know about the independents or all these other companies before then. So when I started wrestling, I started watching other stuff. You know, I liked watching Seth Rollins. I liked watching Adam Cole. I liked watching Johnny Gargano. Um, mm -hmm. so the, the, there's, there's three matches that, that I like to watch a lot over and over and over. Um, one of them is The Rock and Hogan from WrestleMania. Just, just the electricity and the story in that match itself. Just that's one. The other match I love to watch is Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano from Takeover. Just that match to me was just insane. 
And then the one yeah. that I like to watch the most, my favorite match, is 97, Eddie Guerrero, and Rey Mysterio at Halloween Havoc. Halloween Havoc. Now, those are my three favorite matches of, of ever. And and and, it, and so when I'm watching their stuff, I, I look at things that Ray used to do. I look at things that Eddie used to do. I look at things that other people do, and I think, how can I make it mine? How can I make it new or feel fresh? You know, um, even to this day, some people, somebody that I talk to a lot and that I really reach out to and send things to the, to get feedback from is Ray Phoenix. Because in my opinion, Phoenix is like one of the fucking best wrestlers in the world right now. Just just the things that he does in the ring. And so he's somebody that I'll send a clip to, like, hey, what do you think of this? And like, he'll, like, he'll let me know, like, yeah or no. You know, like, He doesn't like it or, or do this instead. And he's somebody I just bounce ideas off because the way his mind works is so creative. I want my moves that I do in the ring to be stuff that nobody else can do. Except like somebody like Ray Phoenix, who's just that athletic and, and, and that parkourish, you know. But but mm-hmm. when I do things, even a simple thing as a DDT, I try to make it, you know, so that nobody else can do it. So that when they see it, they think of me, you know. And and, and that comes from studying old wrestling, studying new wrestling, watching everybody's stuff, and then staying true to who I am and what I would do, and, and just trying to stay innovative and, and, and make sure that when you see me wrestling, it's something fresh. Um, and, and it's something that you're not going to get by watching the next guy. That's why I don't throw super kicks. You don't see me throwing a super kick no more. I'm not going to do a Canadian Destroyer. I'm not going to do <laughs> the moves that everybody does. And I used to because I thought I thought I used to think when I first started wrestling, like, oh, this is the moves that I got to do to get attention. You know, this is the moves I got to do to to get over. You know, to like make people want to see me. I need to do a Canadian Destroyer or I need to jump off a 20 foot ladder. You, you know, like that's what I used to think. Now I'm like, if I do this. And, and just add a little bit of stone on it, it'll be good. I'll be good. It'll be who I am. It'll be true to me, and somebody will want to see that. And I think that I've done a good job. I'm not trying to, like, hype myself up, but I think that lately when I watch my matches, I'm very happy with the kind of stuff that I'm doing in the ring. Well, I think you know your – you know. sorry, Jay, go ahead. You haven't spoke at all. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say it's interesting that we're uh... – you know, we're talking about this time and place in the world of wrestling where a lot of us got back into it or got into it. I mean, I, I'm i a lot older than you, Danny, and mm-hmm. not that much older, but I'm a lot older than you. And I grew up, you know, with Hulkamania. I grew up with uh, the Horsemen. I grew up with, uh, you know, both the NWA and, and WWF. That's what I grew up with. And there was a point in time, like in the late 90s, like 96, 90, like 95, 96, I was just about done. And then I saw this guy show up on Nitro, Chris Jericho, and the guy yeah. just impressed me. And then I would see Chris Benoit, and then I would see Eddie Guerrero, and I would see Malenko. Rey Mysterio, Malenko, and one guy that I really liked that nobody else really cared for, but Super Callow. I don't know. I just liked that guy a lot. And all this, like the, the lucha, but not just the lucha, the cruiserweight style of wrestling really brought me back to wrestling. I, I was just about done with it before before the NWO, before, you know, DX and all that stuff, before the Attitude yeah. Era. I was done with wrestling. And then one night I just happened to be on TBS at 6.05 and I'm I'm watching these cruiserweights. I'm like, wait a minute. This is what good. Is yeah. <laughs> what am this, I watching right now? This is good. This is and and it's funny that like that's what you grew up on. That's what kind of brought you to the table. I know Kev is a big fan of the junior heavyweight wrestling from that era and, and also in Japan. So it's it's pretty awesome to me that that's like something that the three of us have in common. We were all watching that same show at that time, and uh, so I just I thought that was kind of a cool thing to point out. Yeah, that's awesome. So 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 Danny. And it's interesting, uh, cause like, like Jay said, you know, I think for me, 
there, there, there becomes a transition phase where you stop watching wrestling because you want to, because you love to watch it, and you start to transition to be saying, I want to do this. Like, I can do this. I'm going to do this. For me, it was, it was, it had to be the 96 to 98 range because not only was I getting, especially later in the late 90s, because then the tape trading and all that started happening, I started getting access you know, New Japan Super Junior tournaments, which is pretty much like probably what I watched for a full year straight was in you know, New Japan Super Junior 94, J Crown 95, 96, uh, 97. Gosh, 97 was so good. Um, and I just remember like that, that, that started to make me realize like, oh, I, I, I could do this even if I can't do it in America. I, there's this, I could do it here in Japan. Uh, the, but then you bring up the 97. Halloween Havoc, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, which to me, to me, what what made those guys so successful in in the American brands was that they took the moves and some of the story of lucha libre wrestling, but they 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 put it in an American psychology with in in, in a television a compatible fashion. Uh, that maybe, you know, like I said, I mean, I can watch AAA, I can watch CML, like, I'm a wrestling guy, like, I can watch paint dry as long as two guys are wearing tights, but, <laughs> if, but, and boots, okay, like, y'all, y'all yeah. calm down, but, no, so, but, you know, I could watch AAA, but most American fans are not gonna get into that, Right. but, man, when you start adding those moves to the, kind of, the American psychology uh, adding some of the the television qualities of kind of creating those big moments that you have to have to keep an audience in in tune. Um, you know, Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio '97. I felt like it was almost like a culmination of those things. Um, and you know, one of the most amazing parts of that match is that Rey Mysterio is still alive after the power bomb Eddie Guerrero gave him in that match. <laughs> My God, I watch that to this day. Like people, like I always show people that really, you know, are kind of on the fence about wrestling. Or like I show my wife that video. I was like, babe, watch this, watch this move right here. Oh God, I mean, it's just Murder. awful. Yeah, yeah, it's just awful. Uh, the, you know, the backflip DDT. Uh, you know, that, I just how do you? These are just things that had never been seen. Really, never happened on a stage like that before. And again, you had the perfect combination of you had a great heel wrestler telling his story, you had Rey Mysterio telling his story, uh, you had moves that really took the moves that had already taken it to the next level and took it to another level. Uh, there's just so much in that match to be to, to like, uh, and kind of like Jay, that was probably the era that got me back into wrestling. But at the same time, um, I knew that I knew that that was what I was going to end up doing. Right. Uh, you know, with my life at least for 15 some odd years. So, um, you know, I think that's pretty cool. That's one of those things where I could probably nerd out um, over that match over and over again. Watch it doesn't, get, it doesn't get old. Every time I every time I watch it, there's something else I see that like stands out more to me than it did the first time. Um, but I think <laughs> that, that, that I learned that that made me think that I could do it. I wanted to do it when I was a kid. Um, because I saw the rock doing it, I saw those, you know, DX. I was telling my teachers to suck it, and I was a little shithead. Like, I, but I just didn't know how. 
you know, I, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't know about independent wrestling. I, I didn't know any of that stuff. So I didn't. I looked at him like, well, I can't be in the WWF back then if if I'm not 15, 200 something pounds. You know, and, and career day when I'm telling my teachers at like, career day, <laughs> I want to be a wrestler. They they laugh and they think that like yeah. what. You know, like, it doesn't make sense. You're, you're a Puerto Rican kid from New York. Go play baseball. And that's what I did. I played baseball, and I wanted to play for the Yankees. That didn't happen either. Um, <laughs> but, I love it. you know, I, I think I told the story before. A lot of people have heard it. Like, I stumbled on independent wrestling so accidentally. Like, I, my daughter knocked over some DVDs. It was the, One of them was The Rock's Top Ten Matches. I bought it. I put it on, on, on the TV. Me and my daughter are watching it. She's sitting in a little flopper. She was, like, fucking five, four months old drinking a bottle, and her mom walks in and sees it, and she hadn't watched wrestling like that. So I look online to see when, you know, WWE was coming to town for, like, a date night, and they were coming the next week. So I, I go to the show with my, my daughter's mom, my ex-wife, and and I run into Joe Gamble, who used to wrestle around this area, and he tells me that he's trained to be a wrestler. I laugh because I think it's funny, and I'm like, sure, yeah, that's what you're doing. You know, it didn't make sense to me, and he introduced me to this wrestling school. And I walked into school, and I'm not going to say the name, but I seen the people that were training, and I looked at it, and I was like, I, I, they're doing this? Like, I can definitely do it. Because I, I, I was in the Marine Corps. I was, I, was a, I was about to be a sergeant in the Marine Corps. I was super athletic, super interested. Like, I felt like I had the physical endurance and all that stuff. I just needed to learn how to do it. And, and even when, you know, things didn't end well with that school, and they were, like, telling me that I'm never going to wrestle again, you know, I looked and I said, you, there's no way. Like, there's no way you're going to tell me that I can't do this because I can do it. And even though I look at my old matches sometimes and I'm like, man, like I'm not as good as I thought I was, I still see potential in myself. Like, and it's probably the same thing that David Marquez saw when he called me and was like, I'm bringing you the championship with some Holly. I wasn't, I wasn't as good as I thought I was, but I, but I knew how to do enough and I knew how to talk. I was, I was always able to talk. And I was like, man, like, my gear was trash, you know, I, I was wrestling. <laughs> I was, and in my defense, I wasn't wrestling some of the best people in that company anyways. But but I was but but I knew that I, I could do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I I believed in myself. And I'm sure that when Marquez saw that, he saw some enough in me to want to bring me to his television program. You know what I'm saying? And and now seeing how far I've come I felt like this was what I was always supposed to do. I look at the, I have pictures of me as a kid wearing little championship belts and, and stuff like that. Like I wanted to do it then. It didn't seem possible because I was a kid from New York and I was Puerto Rican and I was small as hell. And I didn't know about, you know, a lot of the cruiserweight stuff because all I knew was WWF and I didn't really watch WCW like that until after. So whatever Mr. Marquez saw in me when he brought me to his company, I know he looks at me now and he's like, this is what I've always saw. You know, this is what I saw. And I talk to him very often. He's somebody I have a really good relationship with. And I called him the other day. And as soon as he answers, he says, when are you leaving? He thought I, he thought I got signed. And, and I was calling to let him know that I was leaving. But that just shows me how much he believes in me. When I call him, the first thing he says is, when are you leaving? You know what I'm saying? And, and to me, that means a lot. And, and that's why every time I get on these podcasts with whoever, I always mention that man's name because I thought I was good then. I thought I could do it, but he knew. Like, he knew that I was going to be be somebody that can at least be an asset to his company. At the very least, he believed in me enough to put me on his TV program. And now that I'm doing all that I'm doing now, and, and I'm able to talk to all you awesome people that are giving me the time of the day to talk to, and I've had a relationship with Jay for a while, it feels good because I know that there are there are some people who, who saw that same kid at that, at that promotion and was like, this kid's going to be good, or this kid's going to be able to do something, at least make some kind of wave 
on the independent scene at the very least, you know? And now they've seen me, you know, doing this. It's dope. I've been doing Instagram Lives for the last two days, and I've been having all these kids and people who watched me years ago in San Diego and like with my old teachers. Like, I bring them on the chat, and they have my old first, you know, get your camera ready T-shirt from when I first started. Like, yeah. I had this, you know, I had this. And it makes me feel good because I'll never, I never forget what I came from. I'm authentic. I'm real as it comes. I never forget what it felt like when I was in Brooklyn. I never forget what it felt like when I first started wrestling. I never forget the first T-shirt I sold with Dan Ripley and Mona Ripley at SoCal Pro. I'm going to say the name there because I want to give those that couple of shots. They bought my first shirt ever. I never forget that stuff. I never forget the kids that wanted autographs or the three kids that used to come with the signs for me. I don't forget that shit because without them, I wouldn't be here now. And even when... If and when I sign with a major company, I'm going to still have time for the people that were there for me from the beginning. I'm going to still have time to do, you know, these kind of things because I, I like to show love. I grew up when people say, you know, you spread love. That's the Brooklyn You spread love. And, and, and I'm a positive person. I, have, I, have, I believe in good energy. And no, there's no way I'm going to be too cool for this or too cool for that. And I, I just, it just feels good that now I, I'm where I knew I would be. And I still have more work to do, you know, and, and I'm just, I'm really enjoying this moment. And, and more importantly, you know, like having a daughter who she, she, she loves wrestling, you know, and she loves the acting and the stunt stuff that I do. And she loves doing it herself, the acting and stuff. And I know she's watching. And I'm just trying to set that example for her because it doesn't matter if my daughter wants to be the first female president, if she wants to be a veterinarian, she wants to go to the moon or build a fucking tent on Jupiter. If, if she wants to do it, nobody's going to be able to tell her no because her dad did whatever he wanted. Any, any job, anything I wanted to do in life, I've done it, regardless of what people said. And that's, that's the example I want to set for my daughter. That's the example I want to set for mi gente, you know, and, and for all the other little kids and family people. And maybe there's somebody watching this podcast right now that's like, damn, I always think I could be a professional wrestler. They're going to be like, you know what? I can because he did it. You know what I'm saying? And that's just what I want to do, man. I want to be that, that role model, that inspiration for everybody that got hated, mm. everybody that got them, everybody that's got somebody telling them you can't do it. Nah, you can do anything you want as long as you put your heart and passion into it and you don't stop. I'm getting goosebumps because, you know, the mantra around here is get positive, stay positive. And, I mean, you're living it, you're breathing it, you're speaking it into the universe. I love it, man, the GS, uh, you know, GPSP. I love it, bro. That's so awesome. Um, I want to take the conversation in a little bit different direction uh, because I know, look, man, First of all, thank you for spending your time with us today. Thank you for being here with us today. Um, but I did want to ask you something because it's something that I've seen happen over the last few years. A lot of talent has kind of put out like a wish list. Like, hey, this is who I want to face. This is who I want to yeah. wrestle. I mean, we saw Cody do that famously when he left the WWE. And, I mean, circled on there was Battle of Los Angeles, you know. Uh, but he also had all these other people he wanted to face, the right. Young Bucks. And, you, you know, even – even um, uh, the FTR, you know, they wanted to go fight the Young Bucks when they got out of contract. And, you know, even Leo, Leo had a list. And I think your name was on that list. I was. I was on that list. Do you have a list? And who, I mean, outside of Leo Rush, because we already touched on that. Yeah. Who would you like to step in the ring with that you haven't so yet? I, right now I got five names on my list. Leo is one of them. Um, Jay White. Switchblade himself. JT Dunn out of the East Coast. Um, Alex Zane Ooh. and Ray Phoenix. Those are the five guys that I got on my list right now that I want to wrestle. But I do want to have a singles match with Jungle Boy. I've never wrestled him in a singles match. Um, I, and, and I want to I wanna have a third match with TJ Perkins. 
I think that would be good. We, we, we're one and one right now. It would be cool to have a little rubber match. Um, yeah, that's that's the, those are the those first five people I named are the current people that are on my list that I that I've never had a singles match with that I want to have a singles match with. Um, I don't care where it's at. It's primetime live, New Japan Strong or AEW. Like I just want to do it. Um, so that's that's my list. If PWG ever comes back, obviously I'd want to be in Bola. You know, I would like to compete with PWG. Um, I think that would be tight. And you know, the only other companies I have a wrestling for are Ring of Honor and WWE. And, you know, if, if I get the call, I would love to wrestle there as well. Um, I don't close any doors or anything like that, but I, I, I really just, I'm just grinding and waiting for it to come, you know. So when you think of my matches, those are the five guys and the companies, those are the companies I want to wrestle for, and, and I'm excited to see what happens. Hey, hey, Danny, in the chat room, uh, Wrestling with MMA just said, uh, <laughs> Jay White, take all my money. Uh, <laughs> so that's a match that I think a lot of us would be interested in seeing. And, Absolutely. you know, again, to kind of transition to back to what we were talking to, I mean, New Japan Strong, Primetime Live, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, and AEW. I mean, again, you are, you're everywhere. And, and the fact that, you know, first of all, you're giving schlubs like me. Well, Kev's not a schlub, but you're giving a schlub like me an opportunity to speak with you. We really appreciate that. And, again, thank you for your time. Oh. But what is like is your phone your phone must be ringing off the hook with opportunities. I mean, I know that uh, you, you recently tweeted out, um, I believe it's Hurricane Pro Wrestling out in Texas. I know that's yep. on your on your map. I mean, you just did Game Changer Wrestling out here in SoCal a few weeks ago. Um, I mean, what's what's on the horizon for Daniel Limelight? Tomorrow. New Japan Strong, Danny Limelight versus Chase Owens. Ooh. It's my first time going one-on-one with Chase Owens. It's my first time wrestling somebody from Bullet Club. I'm super excited for that match. Um, United Wrestling Network Tag Team Championships, that's on my menu. That's what I want. Me and Papa, we want to take those. Um, and honestly, man, like I'm not really accepting any independent booking in SoCal anymore. Um, I took GCW because it's GCW, you know, um, if I'm gonna wrestle in SoCal for an independent company, I have to really want the match. And just, I just where I, where I find myself at right now, my point in my career, I know what I want. Um, it's not disrespecting to any company or anything like that. I just, I just want to make myself more valuable. I want to, I want to make sure that I'm holding myself to a certain standard. So um, I'm accepting certain bookings, mostly out of state, because I'm trying to go out and wrestle in new places and meet new people and things like that. That's why it's a Hurricane Pro. Um, and I'm hoping to go to Hurricane Pro and, and get a shot at the Cruiserweight Championship. So I think that will be tight. Um, and, and just really, right now, I got one thing on my mind, and that's, you know, finishing off my 2020 year, my 2020 vision, you know, strong and, and pushing towards hopefully being signed to a major company by the end of the year or beginning of next year. Um, that's my goal right now. Um, I, know, I know that what I got to do is, is continue to work at the level that I'm performing at. I don't get tired. I'm radioactive. I'm not stopping. Um, so I got a lot of New Japan shows coming up. I got Championship Wrestling from Hollywood coming up. Primetime Live coming up. Um, I will be coming back to, to, to Jacksonville, Florida this month. Um, don't Can't say for what, but I will be there this month. And um, I'm just excited to see where that takes me, where it can take me. Um, it's, it's been a roller coaster of a career so far. It's just getting started. I feel like I'm just not getting into to my groove, like coming into who I am and who I want to be in this business. Uh, and I'm ready to see what comes in the future. And, and I'm ready to take on any and all in the process to show that I deserve to be in that alone. 
Nice. I mean, and that's. I didn't know you weren't. I'm taking... tired, man. I'm 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 like Danny. You wore me out, bro. It's like we had a match. Man. <laughs> and, man. And I wasn't, you know, and I didn't know you weren't taking bookings out here. That's, I mean. I think that's a shrewd that's a shrewd move and that's and that's a bold move because I mean I know that there isn't a lot of live pro wrestling out in SoCal right now but that's one of one of my biggest uh, problems is that in this market in Southern California and I'm sure this is true of most indie places uh, there's too much market saturation and there's so many of the same wrestling promotions doing the same matches week in and week out and it really dilutes the talent it dilutes the product i mean pro wrestling gorilla was doesn't book local guys because you could see those guys everywhere and yeah. i think that's a pretty bold move i think that, that that's that's a smart move that i think will pay off down the road for I you just wanna, i just want to make myself exclusive you know in, in, in a good way I, i'm not trying to take away from the fans well, I'm not trying to say that I'm better than any company. I just want to make sure if I'm doing something, it, it's to better the scene. It's it's to, to make people want to come see that show. They want to come see Danny Lama because they can only see him on TV. And I just want to make sure that if I'm showing up somewhere, it, it, it's to, to, to the benefit of the company, to the benefit of the person I'm wrestling, to the benefit for the fans, and then it benefits myself again. Um, and, and I think it is a bold move, but right now it's the decision I got. And I'm sure it, there'll be some companies that may hit me up and I may take it. It just depends on, on what it is that we're, that we're going to be doing. Um, but I know I said I have a 2020 vision. I know I know what I want and, and I'm not stopping and, and, and I'm not going to quit until I get there, man. Well, I mean, that's pretty awesome. Um, I know you got to get going. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, we, we again, we're very grateful that you took your time to spend with us this okay. evening. And uh, real quick, you know, of course, we want to plug the merch. We want to plug the social medias. Um, I know you have Pro Wrestling Tees at Dan- yeah. Danny Limelight. Uh, but yeah, where, where can folks follow you on social media, Instagram, Twitter, all that good stuff? Me hit there. First of all, I just want to thank you guys, J. Cal Kev. Thank you so much for bringing me to the Lions Guy podcast. Everybody listening, thank you for tuning in. Um, I'm not hard to find. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, every social media platform at Danny Limelight. And my pro wrestling tea store is prowrestlingtees.com backslash Danny Limelight. Show love, hit me up. If you got a podcast you want to do, let's do it. If you just want to shoot the shoot the shit, you know, talk wrestling, talk movies, talk 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 comics, whatever. Just hit me up. Um, I'm very I'm very 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 down to earth. I'll talk to anybody, man. Um, and thank Jay. We said it three months ago. Let's do it again. I'm saying it again. Anytime you guys want me on here, hit me up. Let, let's make it happen. Let's talk soon. Yeah, man. Uh, you fired me up. I'm sure you fired Kev up. Uh, this was a great conversation, man. Ooh. Of course, we just want to see the you know the good things happen for you, sir. Um, you know, you, you you put in the work for sure. You uh, it, it's been fun for me because I I got to watch the you know the year of the spider evolve. You know what I mean? Like I saw get your cameras ready, and I saw that yep. evolve. I was there in San Marcos, and I'm not going to say for which promotion, but I was there, man, and I saw you wrestling those preliminary matches of thinking you know this guy man they, they keep talking about this guy and it was legit and it's still legit and every time i see you out there man you impress the hell out of me so uh Thank thanks so again much. for coming on man and we're gonna let you go danny uh so Thank you you have a good one and uh we'll, we'll talk to you soon thank you guys so much man it's been a pleasure see you soon appreciate you man okay you